everyone. Hello, hello, hello. I'm going to show you my cards. I don't know when you listen. I don't know where you listen, but I do know this. There are four people who have told me, they've reached out and they've told me, I worked out to the podcast. And I love that. I support that. A little confusing, but I really, I love it. Not going to click pause. I'm going to pump the brakes. My friend Jacob, we were, we were talking, we were catching up over the phone. And he was saying that he was working out to the podcast. Specifically, he was doing a shoulder press. I believe four by 10. If I heard correctly, he was shoulder pressing 350 pounds. Uh, apparently mid-rep, he brought the bar over his head. And then I said something about an iced Americano. And Jacob thought it was funny, so we started laughing. Luckily for Jacob, 350 pounds, that's light. So he, he was able to regain his composure take a deep breath, stop laughing, and then bring the bar down safely. But it got me thinking, if I were to say something about an iced Americano to someone you know, squatting a PR, bench pressing a PR, trying to achieve a four-minute mile, I, the last thing I want to do is induce injury. So if you're working out to this podcast, please do so cautiously. With that, I'm going to add something. If you listen to this podcast while you're commuting to the gym or while you're coming back, I love that. I support that. It makes a little more sense. Let me know. My DMs, they're always open. If you have my number, let's FaceTime everyone. This is the Monday Morning Commute, the 53rd installment. My name is John. Here's my thing. If you're listening right now and if you're thinking to yourself, John sounds different. He, he sounds really good, but he sounds a little different. You'd be right. On the flip of that, if you're thinking to yourself, John, John sounds a little different. He, he sounds terrible. He sounds a little different. You'd be right. I'm talking into a new mic, and I think I'm doing it correctly, but I'm actually I'm not sure. So um, if the audio quality-wise, if I can adjust it in any way, please let me know. I'm still experimenting. Uh, but talking into new mic, it's the Blue Yeti or Yeti Blue. Um, and I, I think it's great. I just want to make sure I get the quality nailed. So please let me know. Let me know what you think. There's a reason I actually went out and bought this mic. And that reason, that reason began 9.05, 9.10 p.m. Friday night. My housemates, some friends, and I gathered around the granite top island in our kitchen. We're going to have some drinks and, and hit this bar. I actually, I just opened up. What I'm going to dub was the worst beer of all time. It was the worst beer that I'd ever had. And, and to say, you know, the worst of all time, the worst I ever had, usually there's exaggeration. I'm being very serious. This beer was impressively poor. It was a Pilsner too. I think it's very hard to make a bad Pilsner. Very easy to make a Pilsner with little to no flavor. A Pilsner that just tastes like different water. This Pilsner, it tasted like a suburban family. They just discovered you can actually brew beer from home. And they discovered this from a YouTube video filmed on a Galaxy Note 9. The audio quality very poor. Getting excited, they went out, they bought a homebrew kit. And the thought process was, you know, winter's right around the corner Let's brew a stout, but not just any stout. Let's brew a maple stout. While we're here, a maple syrup stout. Let's do that. And that, that's what they did. 
And ingredients-wise, they went out to the store and they bought 16 ounces of Mrs. Buttersworth syrup. That was their maple. And they brought it back to the house and they were looking at the hops and they smelled the hops and they thought, these don't smell that good. But they look a lot like oregano. And so instead of hops, they used oregano. And so they threw the oregano into whatever a vat is and, and they dumped the entire thing of syrup in there. And whatever ingredients else they needed, they put that in there. They, they went through the process of brewing beer. And after they waited the ample, I, what is it, six weeks? I'm not too sure. But after they waited the ample amount of time, they looked at it. They looked at the beer and they forgot that it was a stout. And they instead decided, I, th- I think that's a Pilsner. And so when they put the beer into the cans and bottles, they wrote Pilsner on and they actually, they went to Trader Joe's and they sold it to Trader Joe's. They said, look, this is a Pilsner. Do you mind shelving this? What do we have to do? And then Trader Joe's, they tasted and they thought, this is different. We like this. And so Trader Joe's, they slapped their name on it. They wrote Pilsner in cursive, probably took the font from some MLB team and they shelved it. And then I went up and I bought that Pilsner. And then a couple days later, I drank that Pilsner. It was that bad. It, it tasted like someone had maple syrup, a little oregano and soy sauce, then added water. It was weird. It wasn't good. I, I took a couple sips and I just dumped it out. And, and people were asking me, why are you doing that? Don't waste it. And honestly, the only answer I could think of, I mean, like the financial implications of dumping this beer down the drain, I'll incur that 67 cents. It's just too bad. And that was a topic of discussion, literally how bad this beer was. I gave some people some tastes. I ended up drinking this Sierra Nevada. It was a summer fest ale. But, but we got enthralled. I think that's a good way to put it. We got enthralled in conversation. Uh, but after a while, around 9.20, 9.25, my housemate uh, very appropriately interjected, stating, there's a fire outside. Pointing to the back window, everyone's head's turning. Sure enough, there was a fire. And it's very weird to see a fire not on TV or in a fireplace. But instead, on the other side of the fence in the backyard. Honestly, just kind of poking up over the top. Very similar to the neighbor and home improvement. Hard to believe, really. Everyone's head's turning, taking a moment to register, then walking closer. And as we all walk closer to the back window, the fire grew. And it got bigger, noticeably got bigger. And now at this point, uh, those lectures from elementary school about stop, drop, and roll and what to do in the situation of a fire and your parents walking you through how to escape and the ladder to drop off from a second story, all those lessons learned that have been ingrained in the back of head kind of resurfacing. But at the same time, there's this weird sense of panic. It's fight or flight. But once the conclusion was reached, the reality check that we had to get out of here, there was a fire we need to evacuate. My housemate upstairs alerting everyone downstairs, a friend calling the fire department. I, I feel like we were outside within 60 seconds. And it was that first breath that I took outside in through the nose. I mean, I'm taken back to when I was eight years old, San Diego wildfires, getting a week off of school, watching Willy Wonka with my neighbor who I wasn't particularly close with. There's nothing else to do. But then back to the present I was in looking up on the backside of the house, light film of smoke at this point. It'd probably been about two minutes, maybe two minutes since the fire was noticed. Everyone kind of got outside. We got out. We turned around. A, a light film, kind of a light gray smoke rising. 
About three minutes after that, first wave of fire trucks came. At this point, on the other side of the street, not really comprehending what's happening. The house might burn down. We don't really know. Firefighters organizing everything. Just watching the gradual progression of color of the smoke. From a light gray to a bit of a darker gray, creeping into charcoal. And kind of double-checking, coordinating where everyone is. And neighbors now piling onto the street. It's 10 to 12 minutes later. In that charcoal gray, getting a little bit deeper. Almost midnight black, we're at 15 minutes, more fire trucks, more neighbors out, and the once light film of smoke, just kind of coating the top of the house, now a very dark midnight pitch black, and covering more than just our house, I mean, making its way to the entirety of the area. And, and the, it, you know, it's, it was very frightening. It was very scary. It honestly was, you don't really know what's happening. There's a lot of confusion a lot of concern, a lot of worry. But at the same time, there was this elegance and beauty, the way the smoke was moving. Just gradually kind of expanding, ballooning out. I, I don't know if anyone's... I was, about, I, was, I was about to say, I don't know if anyone's ever seen Harry Potter, but no, so Harry Potter, the way the Death Eaters fly and the smoke trails they leave, just puff that out a little bit. I don't know if anyone's ever seen uh, Future's DS2, Dirty Sprite 2, his album cover. Instead of having that uh, cloud of smoke as a, a pink and a purple and a blue, make that black and then freckle in some orange. Embers, where there's freckle in everywhere. That's what it looked like. But big too. And, and it was interesting timing because it was a beautiful sunset. There, there was peach in there. There was light pink. But instead of the gradual transition from a sunset turning to black, I mean, it's the colors at the bottom, but getting deeper and deeper into blue until we're at the very top and it's a very dark black. I mean, the crowd, the theater, the main stage taken over by material. I mean, I'm still coughing a little bit right now. Throat's a little bit sore. It, taking some photos, sending it to friends, sending it to my mom, sending it to my dad. On the phone, it kind of calling, alerting everyone, letting them know what's going on. And, and really, I mean, at this point, it's a waiting game because you can't really do anything. The firefighters, they've controlled the situation. They're handling it. And we still really had no idea what had happened or how the fire had started. It wasn't revealed after. I mean, there was a warehouse and, and the fire started in there. And it, then it spread to the outside of our fence. But we had no idea if the house was actually going to get burned down. And we, we really couldn't see anything. We couldn't get too close. But it seemed after a while, I mean, the fire had gone down. The, the firefighters, they put themselves at certain angles, spraying water, various locations. But it was still smoking. It was constantly smoking. It was around 11, around 11 p.m. If the fire started at 9.30, I think around 11 p.m., uh, that we got confirmation that the house was going to be okay. And in that, I mean, itself, you take a figurative deep breath, not a literal deep breath, too many toxins in the air, but a, but a figurative deep breath. However, the firefighters, they were still battling the warehouse. I, I think they were there till 6 a.m. And in total, 24 different fire trucks had come in, shift swapping in and out. But the house it was said it's going to be okay around 11. And after hearing that, definitely much more of a lighthearted energy. I mean, we're shaking hands, saying thank you and and some, at least the firefighters, they didn't have to have everyone fully on deck. Some people kind of assessing from the back, and it's there where you can chat them a little bit and get the lowdown. 
And I had to, I had a question. I, I wanted to know this because they're walking around in this gear, and the gear itself it looked it looked very heavy, very heavy duty. And it has to be if you're going to these very extreme conditions. All right, I went up to one closest to me, shook his hands. Thank you, I, I really appreciate it. And then I said, and I, I framed it like this. I said, I gotta know. What are you walking around? Is that 10, 12 pounds gear? He looked at me, he gave me this. He goes, try 70. And I said, seven, really? No, 70, oh my gosh. Oh, that's incredible. And then the conversation dwindled. It dwindled down from there. And I took, from that, I took away a few things. One, they're in, they're in incredible shape. But that also reminded me, we have this stereotype and it is the most flattering, it's the most accurate stereotype of all time. I can confirm it. It's true. Yes. All firemen, they're all 6'3", they're all very handsome, and they all have incredible jawlines. It's a fact. It's true. I don't think it's a stereotype. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm kidding, but, it, but it's all, it was, I felt like every single firefighter they were 6'3 or up. It was interesting, with the exception of few. They, they, they were all 6'3. They all had gray hair. I'm not the editor of GQ. I think we all know that. But if I was, every single one of them getting a cover, even if they didn't even help fight the fire, if they were just on the street, they're getting a cover. It was weird. It's really weird how that works out. Because every sitcom that I've ever watched, the firefighter, best looking person on that show. And it's true. And I don't know why. Maybe it's because they have 70 pounds. They just, that's what helps with the physique. I don't know if that helps with the jawline. I, I felt like they all had blue eyes. It was interesting. It was something else. At 12 a.m., we were allowed to go back inside and grabbing whatever we really needed. The place itself, uninhabitable for three to four months, still smoky, a lot of smoke damage, a lot of water damage. So kind of begin, beginning that moving out process then, grabbing clothes, my dop kit and some podcast equipment, we were informed that, you know, sometimes the smoke, it'll still live in the clothes and the soot can be acidic on the electronics. So to make sure to file an acclaim, excuse me, a claim with the renter's insurance and just kind of hearing that, being able to get the money back. I mean, I'm, I'm examining the mic and this very mic I bought because it looked cool and it was a mic. So I thought the quality would be better. And I think I got lucky because it, you know, the mic, the past 300 plus episodes, it's been fantastic. But just looking at the metal mesh and thinking, oh, it's kind of it's been in the smoke. Then on my way home, I'm smelling it and it smells like smoke and smelling the pop filter and that smells like smoke. And the audio interface looking like some of the plastic writing wearing off just a little bit as if the smoke already doing its number. And taking Clorox wet wipes and wiping it down, still smelling like smoke. That's all I needed. That was it. It was time to re-up. At first, talking directly into the MacBook Pro. Next, fantasizing some sort of old-school mic, putting me back to the mid-70s, maybe even mid-60s, in green-yellow colorway. I was into it. But now, talking to, I think it's a Yeti, a blue Yeti, stationed up, still learning how to work it. But at least it doesn't smell like smoke. Everyone... I'm looking at the clock right now, and I have to say, it is about that time. Uh, when you listen to where you listen, I, I'm really, I'm not sure. Thank you. 
And if you're at the gym, I hope you listen cautiously. And if we're on our way to the gym, maybe even coming home from the gym and you're listening, let me know. My DM's always open. Everyone, this was the 53rd installment of the Monday morning commute. My name is John. This always my thing. Thank you for rock with me. Until next time.